Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we were, took a week off because we had some illness to avoid. Um, Craig has Lysoled the entire studio multiple times <laughs> over. So we are now back and better than ever. And we are here to discuss what's going on in the NFL in the last couple of weeks. This week, we have um, some rankings to discuss, even though I promised I wouldn't. There's still more drama with OBJ. Uh, there's other stuff going on with other teams. But first, we start where we always start. We start with the beer. And today, I provided Craig he did. a glass of beer that our friends at Two Roads in Stratford uh, provided us. Um, Two Roads has a vault. They do. Uh, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I have seen the vault from the outside. I have not been in it. I know people have been in it, and they say it's glorious. It's like heavenly angels singing. But the vault is to store some of their um, short-run stuff for posterity. Once in a while, they open the vault, because, and they do it for, like um, I would imagine, for special events. They open the vault for things like that. But once in a while, they open the vault and they go, well, you know, this beer's been in here for a while. And while beer does age well in certain circumstances, it's getting near the end of its life cycle. So we're going to just make it available. That's what happened recently. And thusly, I have handed Craig a glass, and I'm getting the bottle so I say this right, of Henry's Farm Barrel-Aged Double Bock Locker Aged in Rye Whiskey Barrels, originally bottled in 2016. This is a two-year-old beer that Craig is about to drink. I have it on a reliable source that it is absolutely safe for consumption, that has been properly stored and maintained. Henry's Farm, uh, this is bottle 1,298 of the 2016 run. Um, I don't really know how many they ran. It just says 1298 (laughs) on the back of it. It's handwritten. So, um, But it is a limited edition bottle. Uh, And Henry's Farm has unfortunately been um, put on hiatus. Has it? Yes. Now, was um, that the Maybach beer? No. Be- no, there's a Maybach they do in the fall. This is a double Bach. Oh, okay. This is one they usually do in the springtime that's based on, I believe uh, Henry was um, Phil Markowski, the, the brewer there. He was like his grandfather or something like this. This is a farm wine, a, far- a farm beer, rather, his grandfather used to make. So I have not tasted this, but Craig has a glass. He, looks, he looks very apprehensive. It's very a, dark. At a two-year-old... Can't see through it at all. It was aged in whiskey barrels to begin with, and now he's going to. Ooh, he's going to. Um, it has the an aroma of caramel. Oh yeah, caramel. What would you, should I should I give us some background on it? Should sure. I, um, while I drink this, feel free. Uh, a, he talks about his great grandfather reading the bottle. Intensely malty with notes of caramel, toffee, and pumpernickel is how they describe it. All right, so Craig is taking his sip. Oh, he's going back. He's going back. Words escape him. Uh, it says a kiss of hops for balance. It's aged in rye whiskey barrels that deliver a rich, warm flavor and bold character. Yeah, it's it's actually you talk to me. Different. It's actually kind of it's kind of sweet. That's that might be the you aging the, with the um, caramel. Probably. Um, yeah, you get a little bit of a malt like as an aftertaste, but not much. You definitely oh, taste. Oh, good lord, that's strong. <laughs> um, I yeah. like this beer off the tap. I can't talk anymore. Fritz <laughs> <laughs> uh, done. Sorry, that, uh, sorry if that the mic caught um, that. Go on, talk about what you were saying. Yeah, d- and the and definitely the pumpernickel. Strangely enough, Bread. I do it to get at the end. Yeah, 
at the end. So this is a this is a limited release. Um, that I just happened to be at Two Roads on one of the days that they were opening the vault. Um, and they're very cautious. They know how long beers can age. They know which beers age well and which beers don't. And they uh, are very cautious to make these things available. So this is a two-year-old beer that we're drinking. It was bottled it in March of 2016. And uh, I'll dare say it's pretty damn good. So good. the bad news is I only have the one bottle of this. So, um, yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, what else you got in that can next to you? Well, for the follow-up, I, I thought I would bring something a little bit lighter. Um, so I have Stony Joe from Stony okay. Creek. Um, and that is a golden mocha stout, which a lot of people don't understand. They hear stout and they think midnight black beverage. It's not. The mocha stouts are actually a golden color. They don't use the malts or I think it's the malts that give it that really strict stout. Have you ever had this? You're looking what, like, like Stony Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, had Stony it. Joe. I've had it. It's mm-hmm. a stout, but it's not your typical stout. It's a very strong coffee flavor, um, but it's not like overpowering with it. So, all right, onward. Burning hot take questions. Craig, would you like to go first, or would you like to receive first? Um, I'll go first. I go guess. for it then. What do you got for me? Uh, so there's been a lot of talk of Patriots this off season. Oh yeah, there's a lot <clears> of moves. people. People leaving. People. Being potentially mad at each other, people are getting traded. Yeah. Uh, the latest thing I saw about New England was that they're planning on, uh, well, finding a replacement for Brady is okay. not on our, their priority list. Does that make sense to you? Seeing as he's now going to be 41 going into his whatever season. I'd be okay with it if you had not spent the last two seasons trading the heir parents. You sent Jacoby Brissett to Indy because you didn't need an heir apparent. And then you sent, was it Garoppolo yep. to San Francisco because you didn't need an immediate heir apparent. Or at least that's the thought behind it. Brady doesn't like competition. Brady doesn't like looking over his shoulder. Well, you know what? You're getting old, man. Tough. I think I think part of why people don't like the Patriots, and I know part of why some people don't like Tom Brady, is this, um, for lack of a better term, this swagger that he brings in to he's the best, he's always going to be the best, and you don't need anything else. And if you draft Jimmy Garoppolo, he's insulted by it. We all get old. I mean, even the legends don't want to see who's coming up behind him. Remember how much Joe Montana disliked Steve Young? Yeah. Does anybody remember how much Brett Favre disliked Aaron Rodgers? I mean, maybe disliked is the wrong word, but we know that they weren't like buddy, buddy. buddy. Best friends hanging out after games. You know, Brett Favre went so far as to tell the Packers, I am not mentoring that kid. When they drafted Aaron Rodgers, he was upset that they drafted another quarterback. Sometimes that happens. I get it. But we all get old and we just have to come to terms with it. You know, I mean. So you think this might be an error on their part? I don't know. But I think what it is, is Bill Belichick has wasted two draft picks now, wasted in air quotes, on backup quarterbacks that he's had to trade away. So I think he's going to wait until he absolutely needs a new quarterback to go looking for one because he's tired of fighting with Brady. He's tired of hearing, you've got to get rid of this guy. You've got to rid of this guy. You've got to rid of this guy. And I do believe Tom Brady has been that straightforward. I don't want this guy on the team. I don't feel comfortable working with this guy. And and you got to, you got to capitulate to that in some respects. What do yeah. you think? Uh, yeah, it's, it's along the same lines because, you know, one, you know, one bad or wrong hit, you know, twist wrong one way guy rolls over your ankle Every and player is you, one hit away from being Joe Theismann. Yes, essentially. And, and Lawrence not, Taylor screaming for medical people to like rush over. Right. And it doesn't get 
easier as you get older. Right. That the likelihood of that becomes higher. You know, I remember way, way back, as a quick aside, that's kind of connected to this. There was a Dungeons and Dragons um, computer game. That hi, Deb. Hi, Deb, by the way. We're going to talk about D&D. We can say hi to Deb. Uh, there was a D&D computer game, and you could cast the spell Haste in it. And Haste was a free cast, but it aged every member of your party by one year after it expired. And the dude that was playing this at <laughs> UConn, because I went to UConn, he started off with guys who were like in their 30s. And by the time he got to the end of the game, they were all 85 <laughs> because he was using haste every chance, every battle he was using haste. And he didn't understand that there comes a point where your your stats are affected by your age. They were all humans. So right. you're all these old men, you know, and he was like, oh, haste doesn't work the same way anymore. Well, you're, you're, you're hastening 85 <laughs> year old men. If you hand a cappuccino to a 20 year old it's going to have a better effect than you hand it to an 80-year-old. It's just the way it is. This is true. And that's essentially what it was. But he was uh, he couldn't understand that like age affects everybody. Yeah. You know? So, okay. All Qu- right. Question a second. Okay. How was WrestleMania? Uh, overall, I think it was, for me, overall, probably it was better than the last two. Um, what did you love and what did you hate? I love the flair... Um, uh, Suka match. I thought that was really, really good. Okay. And it was probably the best match of the night. two years in a row that Charlotte Flair has been involved in WrestleMania she's, and has been the most talked about match. She's very, very good. Last year was the same thing. I get, she was. She played Sasha. She fought yeah. Sasha Banks last year, I think, if I remember correctly, at WrestleMania. And that was a big deal. Yeah. So what was the bad night? She's very, very good. Um, my only issue with that was, and now I was happy, um, they made Undertaker randomly come back to beat up John Cena. Oh, have you seen the memes of him in the audience? Yeah, people they they took the clip. All right, so for those of you who don't see, John Cena was not on the original card. No, he was in the audience. He's sitting in the audience, and like two matches in, this referee just walks up to him, whispers something to him. Cena goes, "Oh yeah," hops over the barrier and heads full steam towards the back. Yep. The internet response was merciless. Yep. And the question was, what did they whisper to John Cena? <laughs> I heard things such as, um, "Your pizza's here." Yeah, your pizza's Ice here. Man. <laughs> the the craft services table just restocked brownies. Um, <laughs> what was the other one I heard? Because he's he from Boston. He's a Boston boy, right? He's around. He's from New England, I think. Yeah, there's like I heard one of them was there's a bunch of Yankee fans right behind you. Uh, things like that. It was just, uh, my only issue with that was when they did it. Cause they did it right after the flare match mm-hmm. while they were still in the ring and walking up the, it steals aisle. the thunder. Yeah. It's, uh, it, that could have been the main event. Uh, the AJ styles, Nakamura match was, was good. Uh, which is really weird though. Both of them won Nakamura and Asuga won the, uh, Royal rumble, uh-huh. but they both lost. So I, I thought at least one of them was going to win. Naturally, but they're doing their um, roster shakeup. So they're oh gonna, really? We're having another quote unquote draft? Yeah, they're gonna sh- you know sh- uh, ship people to other shows. They do that periodically. It's they not do. necessarily a bad idea. No, and then um, just like the last two years, it, the main event was Brock Lesnar suplexing, suplexing Roman Reigns, and no one likes Roman Reigns, and no one likes Brock Lesnar really, and uh, yeah. No one. I, I'll never understand why people don't like Roman Reigns. I mean, I get that people just aren't connecting with him, and that's, that's fine. 
at least Brock Lesnar does things to to earn the ire. Like when he comes out there and, and fights a 30 second match and then walks out without doing anything. And he's like, yeah, yeah screw all you. I'm taking your money. I'm leaving. I think it's it's um it's Roman Reigns. Reigns's. It's his mic work. I think is his problem. Which like which Brock's is terrible, too. But that's what they gave him Paul Heyman. <laughs> right. Exactly. So Paul makes up for that. And, you know, Roman was great with the shield. Mm-hmm. And they all went their solo ways. And then, you know, two out of three of them, like everyone loves and no one ever since he won the Royal Rumble, which I cannot remember off the top of my head who he beat. That's when it I think it really started people not liking him. And then I don't know, I just I personally still think he needs to go away for like six months and come back. Here's here's my it's question. Like he's just not getting over. All right. So quick follow up question to this. Give me an example. Somebody from your past in your your wrestling experience, and you and I've been watching it for probably about thirty or forty years at this point, because we're old men. <laughs> uh, probably close to thirty years. Um, give me an example of your a guy who had great mic work that you really enjoyed because he could talk a good game. Uh, Put me on the spot. Just any the doesn't have best. to be the best, but just a name that pops your head right away when I say great mic work that you liked. Wow, probably the be- well the best two were probably Flair and The Rock. Oh, The Rock was tremendous. That's a great one. I would have to go with The Rock and Kurt Angle. I mean, that was why I loved Kurt Angle. I mean, and 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 yeah. and I refuse to watch WrestleMania this year because I dislike the way that the company is going on a political end. So I decided to sit it out. But Craig was kind enough to send me the entrance when Kurt Angle came down because Kurt Angle is my all time favorite wrestler. Um. He met my brother once um, at a, a cocktail party, and my brother got him to sign an autograph for me, which I still have somewhere. I have no idea where. But my brother told Kurt Angle, my brother loves you, thinks you're the greatest wrestler ever. And I believe, if I remember the story correctly, and Adam will correct me if I'm wrong, his response was, oh, how old is the little guy? <laughs> I was 30. <laughs> so um, it made it sound like I was like a star-crossed teenager <laughs> or a young kid. But um, yeah, I mean... Kurt Angle came down and the you suck started and, and he, he just, just goes with it. He just loved it. He he conducted it. He did. He pointed at sections and pointed at them when it was time to say you suck and because it just goes with his song, really. It does. <laughs> it's just an accidental. It's an accidental thing that the fans Kinda came like up Cena, with. Kind of like Cena, the Cena suck thing. Yes. Or yeah. what? Every time Stone Cold used to pause and people would go what? Yep. Things like things like that. The fans come up with it when they find <clears> something they <throat> love. They just, they just stick it. with yep. it. You know, the best Kurt Angle moment for all time for me will be the time he was in a, in, in a bit. He was looking for one of the McMahons and he came upon the, the lightweight S.A. Rios <laughs> and he walked up to S.A. Rios and went, hey, S.A. Rios, you're still with the company. Good for you. Hey, have you seen the McMahons? <laughs> and it was the most backhanded compliment of all time. And it was so smooth. You were just like, this guy knows how to work the mic. <clears throat> yeah. But nobody, you're right. Nobody worked it like The Rock. Yeah, Nobody was, worked the, mock, the mic like The Rock. Did I, I sent you that clip of the preview. I don't know if you watched it. I did not. <clears throat> you should watch it. It's, it's He still has it. Uh, they're doing intro for like one of their shows they're doing. On their, you, you, that's not something that network. goes away. That's, that's, that's he, a he skill. Still has just, it. It's like riding a bike. <laughs> it is. And I think if you tied him down and said, all honesty, what's the one thing you miss about wrestling? I think that would be it. Probably because that's like that after show we were at for that live event for the raw. Oh, taping. that was hysterical. 
That was him, Stone Cold, and Triple H all in a ring after a match. After after just, it's, just it, bullshitting. It's after dark. <laughs> after dark, it was a raw ta- it was a raw broadcast, and Raw had gone dark. It's like ten oh five. Yep, it's off TV. It's off, off TV, and the three of them are just sitting there, and literally all three of them have a beer. That they were all aligned against Angle, who had just won the title for the first time. Excuse me, and um, they're just BSing. And The Rock is just, and you could tell it was it was ad libbed because of Hunter's reaction. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, it, for unprepared stuff, has the worst reactions. He does not hide <laughs> when he thinks something's funny. He openly laughs. Yep. And the 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 Rock grabbed the mic and he said something to the effect of, "I need to ask you all something," and it's very serious. And he made a big dramatic thing about it, and then went, "Do you like pie?" And Hunter <laughs> lost it. Lost it. And it was clear that they had said, all right, we're going to ad-lib a few minutes afterwards. But he had no idea what was going to be said. No. And it was epic and excellent. It was one of our best experiences. We have a ton of stories from that night. Um, that was the That's first good. event that Craig and I ever went to together. The guy who thought it was real, <laughs> who was sitting in front of us, who tried to explain rules of wrestling to us. God uh, help that guy. Explaining that they both can't be champion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the story now. I'll save that for another episode. Yeah, but. oh, man. All right, so, so you have one more question for me, or you want to go uh, with two today? Uh, let's go with two today. Because you know what we have to talk about? What do we have to talk about? We have to talk about our trip to New England Brewing Company. We do. So Craig and I went to New England Brewing Company a week ago last Saturday. Lovely place. Where the Little. hell was it? Uh, it is in... Um, it's near West Haven, Connecticut. Sure. Oh, wherever that is. Oh. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What were your impressions of New England Brewing? Uh, it was good. I was not expecting it because, all right, so I'm basing it off of Two Roads. That's kind of like the standard in my head. That's pretty fair because that was the first one we really started going to on a regular basis. Right. Uh, and we've been to many others after that. Uh, but that's where like I go as a, like a default. I wouldn't so, call it the gold standard, but, but it's, it's more the bar. If you're better than two roads, good for you in the, in a certain respect. If you're not as good, then well, you should improve. <laughs> um, so it's much smaller than I thought it was going to be. Yes, you uh, couldn't fit more than fifty people in their tasting room. Legally, and that no. would, I, I think legally they're probably capped at like thirty. It's, it's, it's not little. big. They have um, you walk in. Um, there's uh, like uh, public uh, group benches or yep. tables. There's a bar you can stand at, but it's really not that big. There are no seats at the bar. No seats at the bar. Uh, they have a little store on the side, and then some more tables. But like I don't little, know, it's 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 in the long the long lines of the breweries that are in like an industrial park kind of thing. Yes, yeah, smaller tasting rooms because they need the space for for production. I think. Yes, I agree with you. The space was an issue. Um, Bad food outside, which I don't know if it's a normal thing for them, but. They had a barbecue truck outside, and I was they fine did. with that. That was tasty. I I think it was uh, oh God, what was the name uh, of the barbecue there's a lot place? Of, there's a lot of barbecue bull and places swine? now. Yes, I think it was bull and swine. We had the the pulled pork sandwich just for something to taste. Um, so yes, my first impression was it's the tasting was small. My second impression was the tasting room was nice because um, it allowed pets and kids, which I did not know was legal. Not so much the pets, but with the kids. Well, Craig and Craig I'm and, confused because they don't have chairs. I'm just confused if it's a right. per business I mean, thing. There or, was literally a baby dancing on the bar while we were there. And when I say dancing on the bar, I mean like his father was holding him and he just had his feet on the bar and he thought this was the greatest thing of all time. 
that he was standing on this countertop. Well, basically. we would have too if we were standing on it. Right. So I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like he put this kid on the bar and said, "Go ahead, do your thing," and the kid started going coyote ugly on everybody. That's not what happened. You know, um, he was fully supervised the whole time, but like a lot of the breweries don't allow that and some do and some don't two roads. We know notoriously does not allow anything but service animals and does not allow kids of any type nope. under 21 into their facility. I think so. unless it's at that private room, cause I've seen kids in there. Well, I'm sure the private you're, paying, you're paying for that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's different. So, but generally speaking, yeah. Cause, cause we were there. Remember those people, they brought the carriage all the way upstairs. <laughs> It was. I think that was the night we sat down to plan the podcast. Yeah, we and somebody brought a carriage all the way up the t- the stairs of two roads, and then we're told you can't be here. You have to go back down. You can't have, not have a baby here. And they met us at the front door and were like, "What brewery doesn't allow babies?" And we were like, uh, "All of them." I don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's nice that Nebco has that option. Families can go there. Um, they had a small selection of board games in the corner. What about the beers? What did you like? What did you dislike about the beers? Um, dislike about the beers. Okay. A variety, maybe. Okay. It was mostly IPAs and stouts. It was IP, you know, they're most, it was all IPAs. I think they had one ale and then two coffee stouts. I was and actually. on. And a Saison. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But I'm really, um, I was really impressed with the coffee ones. Because they actually tasted more like iced coffee than beer. And if I had to describe the coffee stouts, I, and I, I apologize, I don't remember the names off the top of my head. Um, one was definitely more coffee than the other. It was mm-hmm. almost like the difference between a regular iced coffee and like an iced espresso. Yep. So or like the, a cold brew coffee kind of thing. Right. So, yep. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, we have two different coffee stouts on and they're pretty much the same thing, which you do encounter it from time to time. They were very unique. Um, I liked their IPAs. Um, they make G-Bot, which is, was very solid. Good. Uh, they make fuzzy baby duck. Fuzzy baby ducks is just one of my favorite IPAs period. All right. So funny, fuzzy baby duck story. <laughs> so we had to this weekend, this past weekend, one of the reasons we had to delay taping was that I went to my sister-in-law's house for a gender reveal. She is pregnant. She is having her second, her second baby. Congratulations to, uh, Chris and Kelly. And, uh, my wife was the person put in charge of the gender reveal. So only my wife and I knew that they were having a girl until last Saturday. Now it's public knowledge. So my wife, as we're driving up there, goes, you know, we're only like 15, 20 minutes from New England Brewing. And they are releasing cans of fuzzy baby ducks today. And I said, no way. I said, everything I've ever heard about the can releases there are that people line up out the door and down the block if you're not there two hours before opening, you don't walk out with cans. And she was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, Fuzzy Baby Ducks really has a solid following. So so we said, no, we're not going to go. We get home that night, and my wife shoots me a death look. Because my wife does not like IPAs, but she likes Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Mm-hmm. Looks, shoots me a death look and goes, New England Brewing just put up a tweet that they have several cases left and they will continue sales tomorrow. If we had stopped there, we would have fuzzy baby ducks right now. (laughs) And I just was like, Oh, sorry. And kind of like crawled into my little hole. So, you know, I mean, fuzzy baby ducks from what I've understand is, is there, there, I mean, it's good. It's very good. G bot is their signature. If I said, if I had to pick the, well, G bot is year round. That's why it's so big there. Yeah, But they're really an IPA based IPA and stout based organization 
Um, so yes, a little more diversity on the types of beers. Um, like if you go to two roads right now, you're going to find there's like 20 beers. On <laughs> now, granted, there's 20 beers on tap. Half of them are sours. Five of them are sours. But there's in their basic rotation, the lager, the Pilsner, the nitro coffee, uh, the double IPA, the session IPA. They've got a better variety of styles yes. at any given moment. And again, that's part of that size. New England Brewing is not the size of two. No, no, no. God, that that Henry's is giving me hiccups. So, but I mean, that's, I I liked New England Brewing. I would absolutely go back there and have a few more drinks. But it's a place to me that if I'm making the trip up there, and again, I'm a travel wuss. Anything that's more than 15 (laughs) minutes from my house is too far. I know. We're lucky we live close together. Yeah, seriously. I'm literally a two minute drive from Craig's. (laughs) I said to him, I'll be over at 515. I walked out my door at 512 and was not worried about being on time. (laughs) My only concern was like it caught at the one light between our houses. Um, So, I mean, there's there's that. But uh, I mean, I would go back there. But... There is far too many places for us to visit. There's a lot of places we need to visit. We haven't been the Treehouse. We haven't been the Stony Creek. There's other um, ones in uh, East Haven or West Haven. We haven't or... been to Voracious and Monroe. Nope. So the real question is, and I'm going to throw this to you live on the air. Where yeah. are we going in April? Um, in April. What's your pleasure? I mean, do I mean we you know we can go back to Bad Sons to try it again. We haven't taken the wives to Bad Sons yet. They do. They do have a nice facility. Nice facility, and their beers have gotten better. That's what I've heard. I mean, I went, uh, I was at a, a bar who I won't mention because I hate the owner, um, and I had the lupidity. Something. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. It was much better than better I remember than the we day we went. Yeah. So, all right. Or, you know, there's always um, Stony Creek. Well, you know what? As you know, in all of these situations, you are the designated driver um, <laughs> because you drink far less than I do when we get unleashed on these things. I'm like a kid in an amusement park where I want to ride every ride in the first five minutes I'm there, and then I fall asleep after <laughs> I have some cotton candy, and then it's all <laughs> and then that's it. That's it. You're much more of the pace yourself kind, so um, I would be up for some bad sons. I think that's a great idea. Let's do that, and we'll take our wives to it. So look right. forward to that, and if anything changes, we'll go to Sunday. Sunday. What's that? I'm off Sunday. I have to work Sunday. God damn it. It's the last <laughs> hockey game of the year at the arena. How are you off on a Sunday? You never are off on it Sundays. It happens very randomly and seldom. But you have to work on Saturday then, I'm imagining. No, we have somewhere to go on Saturday. Oh, yeah. We're thinking about going on a ferry on Saturday. So. No. All right, well, we'll figure it out. So there you go. You want to meet one of there the football go. fig nuts live Saturday? <laughs> I'll be on one of the Port Jeff ferries. Because there's only one, by the way. You know that, right? What's that? There's only one ferry. Yes. Because one broke. No, I didn't know that. Did that oh, do yeah. a single ferry? Yes. Uh, oh, crap. That's going to make it one's hard. Broken, one's broken. They never got back from repair yet. Yeah, there was one in dry dock for like the last three years. Yeah. And the other one actually got into an accident on the other side. How do you get into an accident um, with a, a ferry? A Coast Guard boat hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, that sound is so, what you yeah. think it is. So, yeah, there's only one boat. Now. I'm sorry. The also organiz- on the other side, it's all un- under construction, so it's a giant pain in the ass now. So, so what you're telling me is that the organization designed to police maritime travel hit a giant ferry, <laughs> hit a ferry that moves at like 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, maybe 2025, <laughs> I think tops. And is and they hit them in the like near the dock. It's not like they were in the middle of Long Island Sound. 
Well, I'm going to have to rethink my plans for this weekend. It's supposed to be nice this weekend. We were going to go over. Saturday, anyway. Oh, well. It's supposed to be nice. Well, here's the thing. We're 28 minutes into the podcast, and we have not talked about football. Well, we talked about Tom Brady. Briefly. He invented football. He did. Did. He did. <laughs> if you ever have a chance, there's there's a great British show from the 90s called The Mighty Boosh. Have I ever made you watch The Mighty Boosh? I've seen it. Okay. There's a great episode where one of the characters tries to explain to the other that the Human League, the 80s synth band, invented music. <laughs> and he makes goes to, to very strong lengths to, to let him know that everything that happened before the Human League existed was just warming up. There was no music nice. before the Human League in the 80s. So if Tom Brady can, if Human League can invent music, Tom Brady can invent <laughs> football. So... Um, let's talk a little bit about, and we're going to have a draft special. We decided that today. Uh, well, I decided that today. Craig was like, all right, whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Craig was like, okay, I'll, I'll read some draft stuff. We're still trying to get my brother in the room. I do actually have a brother. Um, biologically, at least, at least that's what ancestry DNA tells me. So, you know, we're, we're working on that because he does watch a lot more college football than I am. We could always summon Keith, but I don't think Keith watches as much football as he does in the college level. Yeah. So anyway, um, I did some listening to there. One of our one of our friends out there is the fantasy footballers, and they do a weekly podcast. And they have started already doing rankings for they call them early I mean, rankings. The, the draft is soon. It's well, not like is, it's you know. No, this is the January. fantasy draft. This is oh, for okay. fantasy. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And uh, they've done what they consider their early rankings. So earlier today, I sent Craig a screenshot of their top ten at running back and wide receiver, and then I sat down and said. What's my top 10? As of right now, on April 12th, what is my top 10? And so I, I brought that list. I figured we could go over that a little bit. So where, were you, where do you want to start? We want to talk about wide receivers. You want to talk about running backs. The option uh, is yours. Let's go with um, wide receivers. Okay. So wide receivers, the consensus number one seems to still be Antonio Brown. How do you feel about that? Uh, I agree with that because it's it's... It's Antonio Brown. It's their main passing weapons. I mean, he is, but the Anto- that's not going to change. The Antonio Brown production train, to me, is like when you're watching an adventure movie and you see a train heading towards a cliff where the tracks are just falling off. It's going to happen because Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback. True. That year where you are just not good anymore, whether it's your own age or Ben Roethlisberger, is coming. But every year I think it's coming, it doesn't happen. It's like when you watch and when you watch one of these said movies and the train is only maybe 20 feet from the end of the tracks, but it takes a full minute for it to get there. Every time I think this train is about to go over the cliff and the combination of age or Roethlisberger's age is going to slow down his production, it doesn't happen. Right. So you got to keep them there until it doesn't. You're going to find in my rankings this year, a lot of it is, what did you do for me last year? That was really, when I look back at how I move people around, what's that? That's what you have to do. But I mean, like, I, I, I held injuries against people. So, I mean, that's part of it. So, all right. So Antonio Brown's my one. Who do you got a two? Uh, two out of their list. Yeah. So I sent Craig the top 10. Now you don't have to go yeah. with them. I just said, all right, this is a good starting point because these are really smart guys. And if you don't know, they have their own fo- fo- uh, football podcast. Like I mentioned, the football, the fantasy footballers, See? fantastic guys. We are not used. And just for the record, we are not stealing their own intellectual property. I use their list as a starting point for me to make my own list. Right. These are our own lists. We are not yep. stealing your guys. We're just stuff. using their names. 
Yeah, we're, we're giving you credit for inspiring the idea. <laughs> That's all it is. You guys inspired the idea. Let's start talking now, about this. There my, it is. My issue with number two is there. there's a lot of injury-prone people on this list. Well, that's what I'm saying. I want to hear your number two. Look ah, at that list. Look at this list. And tell me who's number two behind Antonio Brown. I would have to move up. Uh, I would have to move up A.J. Green or Michael Thomas. Oh, here we freaking go with A.J. Green, love. Here we only because Only go. because of injury. Like, do you trust Odell Beckham? 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 Not at the number two spot, no. Or Julio Jones? No, I don't have See. him at two. I have DeAndre Hopkins at two because he but was that, healthy all last year and true. he had a spectacular year. And who's year. throwing to him now? What's that? Who's throwing Does to him? Does it matter? Who threw to him last year? Deshaun Watson lasted half the season. He got better without the good quarterback. He was the number three wide receiver in our fantasy league last year. Number three. On a team yep. that was bad. Yeah, they weren't that good. On a team that was bad, he was the number three wide out. Your buddy A.J. Green, number 12. Yes. Outside the top 10. Doesn't mean he's outside this conversation. It just means... Yep, last year he was in 12. So I got Hopkins at two. I've got Julio Jones at three because, again, I don't trust Odell coming off injury. Like I said, healthy people are getting the bump over not healthy people this year. So you trust Julio's staying healthy over Odell staying healthy? Yes, because Julio Jones was healthy all of last year, and he was the number two scoring. I thought he got hurt. He didn't get hurt last year? He might have missed a game. I don't know off the top of my head, but he was number two in points scored in our league. Okay. He was behind only Antonio Brown. So to me, that that keeps him up there. And I think now that he's got a year into this this new offensive coordinator system, I think he's going to be even better. Fair. I really do. Um, so I've got Brown, Hopkins, Jones. You've got yep. Brown and then Green slash Thomas in your 2-3 yep. slot. And then Hopkins. Oh, yeah, you're nuts. I got Odell at four. If Odell comes back and he's healthy, and Odell's number two if he's healthy, again, it slid down two spots for me. But who even knows where he's going to wind up next year? Well, now the word on the street that was breaking late Wednesday is that none of the teams think the Giants are serious about trading him. That that whole that was just a ploy to get him to come back. Correct. I can see that. Correct. And now that he's like meeting with them and saying, "Listen, I just really want to be treated well," there that the threats were not serious. No, oh, all right. So I have him at four. Who do you got okay. after? Who do you got it for? Uh, f- you know, there is Devontae Adams. Oh, he's on my list. He's on your list. He's my not issue that with high. Mike Evans is he's like he's. I don't want to talk about Mike Evans. He's very inconsistent fantasy wise. Spoiler alert: Mike Evans is my number ten. Fair. Uh, and he was the twenty third best wide receiver in our league last year. Mm-hmm. Two slots behind. Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> so I will not discuss he Mike Evans. so inconsistent last year. I am year. tired of hearing about how good Mike Evans is. It was be. like 120 yards, 3 yards, 115 no, yards, No, no, no. You didn't even get the 100 yards. yards. He didn't break 100 yards, I think, the first nine games of the season. No. You're probably right. He was bad. He was bad. I'm tired of hearing about how good Mike Evans <laughs> will be. He has gotten worse as his career has gone on in terms of fantasy points, and that's where I'm looking for. I don't care about catches and yards and touchdowns. I care about fantasy points. And he's not scoring fantasy points for me. His totals have gone down every year. And great. Um, I mean, it's a small sample. It's what, three or four years? But still. Yeah, but still. Um, You're pulling up. What do you got? Then I would have uh, Adams, actually, because Rodgers is coming back. So. I have Adams at seven. Okay, so I've got Odell. Then I've got Michael Thomas. And another name we forgot is Keenan Allen. 
I've got Keenan yep. Allen at six. Keenan Allen did nothing the first three weeks of the year and then decided he was going to catch every ball. <laughs> he was going to catch every ball that left Phillip Rivers' hands, even if it wasn't meant for him. Yes. There were there were plays where he ran backwards into the backfield, stepped in front of Melvin Gordon on a screen, and then took off with the ball. That didn't really happen. But but I, I, there was a play where I saw several plays with him where he got tipped into his hands and he wound up And then it was it. gone. Yeah. Kid Speedy. All right, so me, I've got Brown, Hopkins, Jones, Beckham, Thomas, Allen. Then I've got Devontae Adams. Then, much to Craig's chagrin, I've got A.J. Green at eight. I don't know what to make of the Cincinnati offense. <laughs> Neither do most people. And that's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. He could be a top three receiver, or he could be in the top 20. Yes. We just don't know, so I can't, the depends, reliability. It depends what um, what Redhead shows up. In the quarterback. And that's another issue. When we get to the QB rankings, I don't know where the hell I'm putting him. I've shown faith in him before, and he's burned me. So, number nine, I've got Adam Thielen at nine. Okay. Adam Thielen was the number seven wide receiver in our fantasy league this year. Number seven. Yeah. That puts him ahead of guys like Devontae Adams, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, Jarvis Landry, and Brandon Cooks. And he's Adam Thielen. Now, does that change with his new quarterback? It actually puts him into the top 10. Because whoever's throwing him the ball is going to be better than the quarterbacks he had last year. That's my opinion. And you're going to rely on your studs when you're learning a new system. That's the way I look at it. Makes sense. Guys who did not make my top 10 that you're like, where the hell are they? Larry Fitzgerald was the number eight wideout overall last year. But Arizona's in complete rebuild mold, so I'm not big on Larry Fitz. Tyreek Hill, number eight. Uh, Last year, I'm not sold. When you ask Andy Reid what he wants to do about his passing offense, and his response is, get Kareem Hunt the ball. (laughs) And that's, you know, not word for word. But that's, he said, I want to get Kareem Hunt more involved in the passing game. That's not a vote of confidence. The number nine overall wideout last year was Jarvis Landry. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure if he gets participation points for showing up. Um, I guess he gets like a couple points when he shows up. Maybe. What's his status right now? Is he officially signed? Uh, I haven't heard anything for a while now. I mean, we had that conversation in the beginning where he was asking for roughly $4 million a year, and then they franchised him, which guaranteed him a minimum of like six or seven. Yeah. And I remember them talking about him working out trades, but I don't remember what the outcome of that was off the top of my head. Uh, I'm not sure. We'd have to look that up. And then number 10 in our league last year, who's not in my top 10, is Brandon Cooks. And that is because he has become the traveling salesman of wide receivers. Uh, Where is he now? He just got traded, didn't he? Yes. Oh, crap. I'm a beer and a half in. I don't remember where he went. <laughs> St. Louis. No, there's no team in St. Louis. How no, can that be? The Rams. The, Rams. the Rams. That's why I'm thinking St. They Louis. paper. The Rams look really good. We need that's a conversation. Let's shift there because that's that's the end of my wide receiver. Is there anybody we didn't touch on you want to touch um, on? I think we covered all the main. The main, um, you know, main people. So let's close out there. Let's close out with yeah. the Rams. Brandon Cooks, uh, he went to sleep in the Super Bowl and woke up in Los Angeles. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, the Rams, the greatest team ever assembled in the offseason or 
the greatest group of guys that won't work together and will only win six games Yee. ever put in the same room? That's a good question. I'm, I think I said this on Twitter. The magic number is four. And that's either the number of games they win or the number of games they lose this year. If this team plays together, they are a 12-win team, in my opinion, easily. Maybe more. If they can't put it together... That's a lot of... It's a lot of egos that are being checked at the door. You're bringing a lot of starters, like, you know, stud guys into one team. So four wins or four losses, either way, the Rams are going to be a hell of an interesting watch this year. And we'll probably talk more about that after the draft. Could they be the new greatest show? They could be. I think that's absolutely what they're trying for. But I don't know that they're going to pull it off. And I think the expectations are going to be extremely high in year one because of the amount of moves they've made. It's not like they drafted three or four guys and went out and got three or four free agents. They have sold the farm on free (laughs) agent acquisitions. They did. They're like, they put it all into next year. And what happens if they don't lose? What happens if they don't win the Super Bowl next year? Well, and and that's the thing. I don't think the expectation is for them to win the Super Bowl next year because it's the first year together. But the expectation is to win that division, make a playoff run, and then absolutely win the next two. All right. The 2020 and 2021 Super Bowls, the Rams should absolutely win if they if this team is what they think it's going to be. You know, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll, we'll see. just have to wait and see. All right. Final thoughts. Craig, what have you got? This is probably the quietest um, two weeks we've had in the NFL offseason. It really is. And I mean, overall, I mean, we were worried. I know I mentioned this a lot. We were worried about news. We had a lot of news really quick. And then this week, because it's almost draft time, it kind of petered off. Right, and then we'll have more for the draft, and then camps will start, and then we'll be going to another brewery. And someone will probably get arrested. Well, <laughs> what's his name got arrested again, too? The guy who, the four, former 49er slash Raider, got arrested for the third time this year. Oh, nice. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, so I'm not going to um, worry about Final it. thoughts are, yeah. um, you may have seen the, the tweet I put out that got deleted by Adam Schaefer. I saw that, that deli- I, I saw that you quoted something and it was deleted, but I didn't see what he said. Um, that allegedly the Jets uh, owner yeah. is talking to Baker Mayfield. He can talk to Baker Mayfield all he wants. He may not be there at number three. And and me uh, watching the Jets for as long as I have, um, Baker Mayfield is not what the Jets need. But is that New a York- ploy? Huh? Is that a ploy? I mean, maybe. Why would you put out there that you're talking to somebody at the three spot other than to make the Giants think it too? Everyone I've talked Maybe. to is pretty sure that Sam Darno is going at one to Cleveland. Right. The question is, what are the Giants going to do it to? If the Giants are considering Baker Mayfield, does the fact that the Jets are looking at him sway them at all? Maybe. I don't is know. Is this their way of saying, ah, uh, look at this? Maybe I'm just saying that... The- the, the Baker Mayfield that happened last year in college football is not. Right. I don't think New York and New York fans are the place for someone th- that needs to mature in his career. <laughs> but I do think that the quarterback crew in Josh McCown and, oh, God, I want to say Tyrod Taylor, and that's not right. The guy from Minnesota. The one who's always hurt. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. They are the okay. right guys to bring him up. Because they're both, you know, McCown's an experienced veteran traveler. Bridgewater is great with the running stuff, where McCown may be average. I think that they're the right guys to mentor him. I do. So, but you're right. New York is not a forgiving town. No. Next to Philadelphia. (laughs) You don't want to lose in Philadelphia. No, you don't want to lose. Ever. So, 
Uh, final thoughts on my end is just what Craig was saying. We've had a lot of news, um, but uh, we're getting to that part of the season where we can be a little bit more flexible, so we'll be doing so. Look for our special episode in the next week or two on the draft. Um, but in, in the meantime, we will be back next week. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.